Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Mariner's Middle Innings. I am your host, Curtis Christensen, and today I'm going to be talking all about why signing Carlos Rodon could be one of the most important things the Mariners could do once this lockout ends. And if you have questions about the lockout, please listen to my last episode where I talked all about the CBA negotiations that have been going on. And even though that was a week ago now, or maybe more if you're listening to this later, there still is an an agreement between the players and the owners, but there is not really a huge difference in what they're talking about. Maybe just a little bit in the sums of money they're talking about now. A little bit different numbers, but still is going to be the same main point. So if you want to go back and listen to that episode, I highly recommend it if you have any questions about the lockout. Today, I'm going to be talking all about why signing Carlos Rodon is really one of the best things the Mariners could do. They have four really good starting pitchers right now. They already added Robbie Ray to the rotation. They still have Chris Flexen, Logan Gilbert, and Marco Gonzalez, and that's going to be a really solid top four of the rotation. But right now we're looking at Justin Dunn, Nick Margavichus, Justice Sheffield, maybe Matt Brash, maybe a George Kirby or Brandon Williamson. But none of those guys, especially on the minor league side, like Williamson, Brash, and Kirby, those guys aren't ready yet to come up and be a big league starter from opening day. And then Justin Dunn, Nick Margavichus, and Justice Sheffield, those guys are all really unreliable. And I don't think that the Mariners want to go into the season with those guys as the number five starter. I personally think that Justice Sheffield should not start for the Mariners in 2022. I think he should be in the minors starting in the AAA rotation just to see if he can figure anything out as a starting pitcher, but if not, then he's got to figure out how to be a reliable bullpen arm, and I don't know what that's going to look like, but the Mariners can't go into the season with any of those options as their number five starter. A lot of people want the Mariners to bring back Tyler Anderson. There's a lot of talk going on on 710 about it, and they're writing about it a lot. I really don't think that signing Tyler Anderson is what the Mariners should be doing. Tyler Anderson is just fine. Tyler Anderson is nothing special at all. He is the definition of a number five starter. But the upside with Tyler Anderson is zero. Tyler Anderson's best start last year for the Mariners was when he went seven innings and gave up one run. And other than that, there's a lot of fours and fives in the inning column. And he's just somebody that's going to go five, maybe six innings, give up one or two runs but he has no upside because he is very limited. But if the Mariners go with Carlos Rodon, the upside there is astronomical. Carlos Rodon last year had one of the best seasons that a breakout pitcher's had in a while. At this point last year, Carlos Rodon hadn't really done anything in his career yet. He'd been okay at times, but he'd been pretty average, and he's been pretty injury-plagued throughout his entire career. And then last year, he came out of the gates on fire. His fastball ticked up a couple miles an hour in velo. And he just had such better stuff compared to what he had had last year. Mainly, it was his fastball that got maybe about three, four miles an hour better in the first half of the season. But his off-speed pitches then played better off of that, and he got way more strikeouts last year. Last year, he struck out over 34% of the batters he faced, which was a career high. 
by over 5%. And he had one of the best seasons last year. If he would have stayed healthy for a full year, he probably would have won the Cy Young Award. He had a 2.65 FIP, which means that he was well above average. He had a 2.37 ERA, and that was only in 132 and two-thirds innings because in the second half of the year, he kind of fell apart and got hurt, and he missed a lot of August and September with some shoulder issues. And then he came back in the playoffs, got up to 99 a little bit in one inning of work, but I think a lot of that was being hyped up for the playoff crowd there in Chicago. But he was a 4.9 war pitcher last year in just 130 innings. And there have been a couple years back in 2018, 2016, and 2015, which are way earlier in his career. But when he goes 120 innings or more, he's a decent starter. And even though that's a long time ago, we saw that last year, the upside with Rodon is that he can be a ace pitcher at times. He's not going to be reliable enough to be a true ace, but he can be a really good number one or number two pitcher. And if the Mariners signed him to a one-year deal, probably at least $20 million, maybe a two-year deal because he might want a little more security than a one-year deal. If they were to bring him in on that kind of short-term deal, he would be someone that could bridge the gap to the guys like George Kirby, Matt Brash, Brandon Williamson. But they're not using a low-quality pitcher during that time frame. If the Mariners have Tyler Anderson as their fifth starter, every time he goes four innings and gives up four runs, people are going to start talking, oh, well, if we're getting this from Tyler Anderson, shouldn't we be able to get more from George Kirby, who throws five, six miles an hour faster? And while that is probably true, if the Mariners were to sign Rodon and he can give them 100-plus innings, that gives them till at least like halfway through the season before they have to start thinking about do we want to bring somebody up if Carlos Rodon gets hurt because he's probably going to get hurt. He gets hurt a lot, but the Mariners brought back James Paxson last year and Paxson gets hurt all the time as well, and that didn't stop them. The really big question is with the shoulder injuries that he was having and if his shoulder is really hurting and going to be a big-time issue, then the Mariners can't sign him because if they believe that his injury is going to be too severe to overcome, then it's not going to be good for the Mariners. He's If he's just going to be somebody that they sign and then he pops an elbow or his shoulder issue flares up all year long and doesn't pitch much just like James Paxton did last year, it's going to be a bad signing. But there's no such thing as a bad one-year deal. Even James Paxton's one-year deal last year, even though that was about as bad as you can get, he threw like 20 pitches. That's still a risk that you want to take because the upside of if we had James Paxton all last year, maybe we win three more games, and then the Mariners are in the playoffs. If the Mariners added Carlos Rodon to a rotation of Robbie Ray, Chris Flexen, Marco Gonzalez, and Logan Gilbert, and then you can build in some off days for Carlos Rodon. You can skip a start and go with Nick Margavichis or Justin Dunn if you want to. You can maybe, if you have a day off during the week, you can kind of schedule that he's not going to pitch that week because you can treat it just like if you have four games in a row, then an off day. You can have your other four starters pitch. 
then you can have the guy that pitched on the first day pitch again and just act like Carlos Rodon pitched on the day off. And then the other guys stay on their same schedule, but Rodon gets that extra day off, whereas the other starters didn't necessarily. But that way Rodon is putting less stress on his arm and can hopefully stay healthy longer throughout the season. Looking at a lot of the projections on fan graphs for Carlos Rodon next year, a lot of people think that he'll be in the 100 to 150 inning range. And if he does something like that, then that's going to be really valuable. The lowest projected war is about two, and the highest is all the way up to a little over four of Carlos Rodon last year, where he had a sub three ERA and was really dominant in those 120 innings like Logan Gilbert had then that's going to be like a 3-4 win pitcher right there, and that's going to be really valuable for the Mariners. The reason that it would be so valuable for the Mariners is because they would not have to trade for Carlos Rodon. All they have to do is give him money. All it's going to cost is cash from John Stanton, and he can definitely afford it. There's no reason we can't dish out $20 million over two years to Carlos Rodon. But the reason that it would be so huge if the Mariners did this is because of that, just giving him money and not trading for someone. I would really love the Mariners to trade for Sonny Gray for that last spot in the rotation, but he's going to cost something. There's been talk he might cost Levi Stout, who I've been hearing better things about recently, but he's still a prospect that you could trade for somebody else. And if you can fix your bull, your, if you can fix your rotation in 2022 with just cash and not have to trade prospect capital to get it taken care of, then that's more prospect capital you have later to maybe go all in, say at the deadline, Brian Reynolds price drops and the Mariners need a center fielder and Kyle Lewis has been hurt again and isn't performing. Then you can use more of your assets to go get Brian Reynolds instead of using some of them now on a sunny gray or someone from the A's like Sean Minaya or Frankie Montas. If you save your assets now in terms of minor league prospects, you can then use them later because if you have a stronger base of players on your major league roster, then you can trade more from your minor league system to go kind of all in as everyone's been talking about. Spending money in free agency now will position the Mariners to be able to trade for players that will put them over the top. Brian Reynolds would be a guy that puts them over the top. Jose Ramirez would put them over the top. Those guys are going to cost a ton right now, but in six months at the trade deadline or next offseason, they might cost less. And if you are able to keep Levi Stout, keep Brandon Williamson, keep Noel Marte, if you're able to keep those guys in your minor league system and bring in Carlos Rodon, who's going to be maybe better than Sonny Gray, probably not as consistent, but his high-end upside is much higher, then you're going to be able to use those pieces to go get those players that are going to put you over the top and give you the real chance to compete with the Astros in the division. Right now, the Mariners are not a playoff team, and adding Sonny Gray or Carlos Rodon would be really good, and Gray is going to be the more reliable pitcher. He's going to cost that minor league prospect or two or three that then you would be able to save And by saving those minor league assets, then you don't have to trade everyone now and then be thinned out too much that you can't go get Brian Reynolds if he costs less in a year or two because you'd have those assets still built up and 
you don't want to necessarily prospect hug or just keep the guys because they're your minor leaguers. But if the Mariners build up their roster to where they're a wild card team, and then in a year they get a player that makes them a legitimate division contender, then that is a better path than adding someone really good right now who's going to push them up to fringe contention for the division. But then they don't have that minor league prospect to kind of help them go over the top of the next rung of the ladder because we want to see the Mariners this year get to wild card contender. Then maybe next year it's a division winner. And then after that, it's got to be World Series contender. But if you try to skip those steps, you're going to end up kind of at a fringy division contender. And you're just kind of hoping the Astros fall back. Maybe they, you hope that Carlos Correa goes somewhere else. They don't add a big time shortstop. And then the year after that, you don't have a Noel V. Marte or a really good prospect to trade for that player that's going to put you on that next ladder rung. Ultimately, it all comes down to Carlos Rodon having tons of upside and him only costing money because, as I've been saying, the prospect capital doesn't exist when you have to sign Carlos Rodon, but it does when you have to trade for Sonny Gray or Luis Castillo or Frankie Montas. And those guys are all still really good and really comparable players. But if the Mariners can finish out their rotation without having to trade anything for Carlos Rodon, then I think that is one of the biggest things the Mariners can do this offseason. And I think it would be really important for them to do, and I would really love to go see them do it, because then they can keep more of their prospects and then save them to trade for guys later, especially since we know that not all of these minor league prospects are going to turn into their best potential selves. George Kirby might not work out, but if we wait, then we can start to see signs of George Kirby maybe not going to succeed, and then maybe you can trade him. Maybe you don't get to trade him at all, and he just is a bust, and maybe he never reaches the big leagues. But if you trade more guys now from your minor league talent, then you're going to take away bites at the apple to get some of those star players from your minor leagues. And I just think it is really important that the Mariners try to get someone better than Tyler Anderson, better than Justin Dunn, to fill out their rotation. And Carlos Rodon, I think, is the perfect guy to do it. Thank you, everyone, for listening to me today. Thank you for listening to this little bit shorter episode here talking about Carlos Rodon. I think it would be really interesting. Let me know what you guys think at M's Middle Innings on Twitter or at Courtesy Baseball on Twitter. I'm your host, Curtis Christensen, and I will be back with you guys next week to talk more Mariners baseball.